broadcast stations on the Other Airwaves, the Infinity Project. Good evening, everybody. It's Wednesday night here on Beyond the Airways, the Infinity Project, and that means it's time for Food Fascinations. I am your host for tonight. I am Red Ranger Tim, and joining me on the line are two of my crazy cohorts. First off, we have our Oddball Extreme. How you doing, Matia? I'm doing fine. Oh, my. And we also have our AZ magician. How you doing, Darren? Doing fine. Oh my! <laughs> anyway, what's so funny? I just wanted to put a little bit of a twist with it tonight. I think both. I know. I, I, did I too. think both. I think both of you have been turned into turkeys. Oh, yep. speaking of turkeys. Hold on, Janet. Hold on, Janet. Let him finish. Yeah, Janet, yeah. let him finish. Let him finish. Finish the intro. Okay. Please. Speaking of turkeys, tonight's episode is our Thanksgiving episode. Yes, I realize that's not until next week. So tonight we are talking turkey and other Thanksgiving delights. Mm-hmm. Before we get started on the show... I don't know if either one of you have seen this on the news. There's this one mail truck delivering the mail, and he has this stupid turkey following the truck. Must be a wild turkey. It was. um, They say they've seen him around the neighborhood with a flock with a. Yeah, there's like one town. Yeah, there's like one town that's being overrun by wild turkeys. I can't remember where, but. Yeah, but unless it's hunting season, you can't kill them. Right. So, but it was so funny. And then when the mail truck sped up, the turkey started running after it. I don't know if it was territorial or what. Well, those wild turkeys can be territorial, so. Hmm. All right. Well, anywho, of course, next next Thursday of Thanksgiving, the reason why we're doing this tonight is because we're not going to have any live shows next week at all because it's Thanksgiving week. At all, that's right. So, so we're just going to, you know, we're just going to, you know, get get ourselves ready for Thanksgiving. Gobble gobble. And <laughs> I should find a sound effect for that turkey, you know, a real sound effect. But anyway, um, there's a there's a, there's a lot about Thanksgiving that's always fun. But you know, I saw something I saw something that Instacart actually did. Um, it's called the Turkey Day Expose. How Americans really feel about the big dinner. I look at this like that is an in- that like this. This is very interesting for the start of the show tonight. So I'm going to put it in the chat and excuse the long link. Oh my! All right. So anyway, this was actually posted on November sixth. So here's what happened. According to Two a new yeah. According to a new Instacart survey of more than 2,000 U.S. adults conducted online by the Harris Poll, a majority of Americans, 87%, will attend Thanksgiving dinner this year. It's a day to count our blessings and indulge in one of the biggest feasts of the year. But let's talk turkey. Along with Thanksgiving comes a cornucopia of conflicted feelings, from hosting hassles to menu debates to intergenerational differences. We wanted to know, do do Americans actually enjoy the classic meal, or do we just fill our plates to honor tradition? 
So we dug into Instacart grocery purchase trends and consumer survey data to uncover Americans' true feelings about what they serve and eat on Turkey Day. Introducing Instacart's Turkey Day Expose, a look into how Americans host, cook, and consume their Thanksgiving dinners. So we start off with to host or not to host. That is the question. No, it's not. <laughs> Kidding. Anyway, uh, oh well, while some took with a chance to host and control the menu, others would go to great lengths to avoid it altogether. It seemed like a good idea at first. 80% of adults in the U.S. have hosted a Thanksgiving dinner, and among those who have, 21 admit that they have pretended to enjoy it. Additionally, 17% of those who have hosted say that they have regretted offering to host. What did you forget this time? Of those who have hosted, 74% needed to go to the grocery store two or more times to get all the, of the necessary ingredients. I like what I like. 59% of Americans say they would prefer to host Thanksgiving dinner so they can make the dishes they like. <laughs> Let's see. Certain people would be willing to make some big sacrifices to avoid hosting. We asked, would you rather? Oh, brother, listen to this one. <laughs> this is making me laugh already. Give up sex or host. <laughs> I vote neither. Yeah, give up sex or host. 40% of millennials, ages 23 to 38, would rather give up sex for a month than be responsible for cooking Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Well, you, it depends on how many people you have coming over. Yeah, you know, sure. you know, it depends. Hosting the dinner depends on how many people you have coming over. Mm-hmm. You know what the easiest way to do what to do is? What's potluck. that? A Thanksgiving potluck. That's the, the host that's what doing the turkey, the turkey and yeah. dressing. Yeah, that's what yeah, we're no. gonna be doing at work tomorrow. Um, Mama and I are Mama and I are providing the turkey, cranberry sauce, sweet potatoes, and yeast rolls. Everybody else will bring in their own stuff too. So, mm-hmm. and here's the best part: uh, whatever's left over tomorrow, we can eat that on Friday. Mm-hmm. All right. Nothing wrong anyway, with Yeah. Anyway, next up is give up football or host. of men would rather give up watching football for a month than be responsible for cooking Thanksgiving dinner. And let's see, there's also give up your your phone or host. 29% of Americans and 39% of millennials would rather give up their phone for a month than be responsible for cooking Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Let's see. Now we have tradition versus taste, the Thanksgiving menu conundrum. Forget religion and politics, the most charged topic is what's on the table. Wait, do we love it or hate it? Now, here's where it gets interesting. 68% of Americans secretly dislike a classic Thanksgiving food, but eat it anyway because of tradition. Here are the top offenders. Canned cranberry sauce, 29%. Green bean casserole, 24%. Sweet potatoes or the sweet potato casserole, 22%. Pumpkin pie, 21%. And brace yourself, turkey, 19%. Well, you want to know oh something? Oh, my. What? With the exception of the canned cranberry sauce, we do the green bean casserole. We do mm-hmm. the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows. Mm-hmm. We, we do pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. And we do turkey. Right. But you know how most people 
have a turkey on Thanksgiving and then have another one on Christmas? Yeah. Well, we don't do the turkey on Chris, the turkey on Christmas because we've already mm-hmm. had it on Thanksgiving and we don't want to suffer turkey burnout. Yeah, we do prime rib. Right, that we sounds good. Ooh, sounds good. All right. Anyway, cr- canned cranberry sauce, Thanksgiving delicacy or disgusting? Nearly half of Americans, forty-six percent, say canned cranberry sauce is disgusting. While people might hate it, Instacart customers bought 50% more canned cranberry sauce than fresh cranberries last Thanksgiving. Sorry, but before I might, before I found out I could never have cranberries again, I always went fresh. <laughs> well, you know what? The recipe to make your own cranberry sauce is so easy. Yeah. Basically, exactly. it's a, ba- a bag, of, bag of fresh cranberries. Mm-hmm. My mom likes ocean spray. That's what my mom used to Shameless do. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Mm-hmm. A, a bag of cranberries, a cup of water, and a cup of sugar. Yep. You combine the sugar and water together. You put your cranberries in it, and you keep stirring it till you they start popping like little cranberry-flavored pieces of popcorn. And then right. you mash it up, and you put it in the refrigerator. Mom made a double batch, and it goes great over the leftovers you could put over toast. Yep, exactly. Like a turkey cranberry sandwich. Let's right. see. All right, anyway... 31% of Americans serve serve their canned cranberry sauce in the shape of the tin can as opposed to mashing it up on Thanksgiving, which begs the question, are people low-key trolling canned cranberry sauce? <laughs> All right. Of those who have hosted, 30% have served something other than turkey as the main dish. Many millennials are introducing alternatives when hosting Thanksgiving. 42% of millennials who have hosted have served something other than turkey. Instacart's sales show that after turkey, pork is the second most ordered protein ahead of Thanksgiving. Slow roasted pork shoulder, anyone? I mean, that's not bad. All right, anyway, go GBC. Green bean casserole retains an undeniably strong place at the table. Cream of mushroom soup purchases were up 59% and fried onions up 85% in the three weeks leading up to Thanksgiving last year, according to Instacart purchase data. But a fresher take on the recipe may be afoot. Fresh green bean purchases outweigh canned green beans by 30%. Whoa, hello. Yeah. I I can't imagine. I've never made green bean casserole with fresh green beans, but I bet you it tastes good. Yeah, it probably does because the one thing one thing about the canned green beans that a lot of people don't like sodium. Sodium. Yep. Uh-huh. Then we have then we have a whiz in the kitchen. Are cheese like substances part of your turkey day menu? Well, it may not be the first Thanksgiving food that comes to mind. Instacart's yearly sales data revealed that people buy more cheese whiz in the three weeks leading up to Thanksgiving than any other time of year. Last year. We tracked a 158% increase in cheese whiz sales in the three weeks before Thanksgiving. Compare that to a 126% increase before Christmas, a runner-up period for cheese whiz sales. Let's see. All right. Uh, they, they plotted it. There's a map right there. You can look at it whenever, <laughs> as I'm not going to go through all that. Let's see. Picky toddler in the house? Talk to a millennial dad. 52% of millennial parents admit they they have made their child something different from what everyone else was being served for Thanksgiving dinner, which is more than double the amount of boomer parents who say they have made something else for their child. 
dads, 42%, are more likely than moms, 29%, to admit they have made their child something different from what everyone else was being served for Thanksgiving dinner. Now, I should explain, in my case tomorrow, mom's got some sweet potatoes with the butter. Since I cannot have butter due to my dairy intolerance, mom's going to serve me up some uh, sweet potatoes with black pepper. Sounds like your mom's got you covered. Yes, she does. Because the fact of the matter is, you know, one thing one thing they've got to take into consideration, some of these people have food allergies too, like me. Like I have more food intolerance than allergy, but and unfortunately I cannot have cranberry anymore either because it makes me break out. All right, so anyway, the great leftover debate. Secretly hate turkey cranberry sandwiches? You're not alone. Twenty three percent of Americans are not interested in saving Thanksgiving leftovers. And uh, here's a good one. Millennials are anti-leftovers. 32% of millennials say they are not interested in saving Thanksgiving leftovers compared to 18% of boomers. Me, this is what I do. When we have leftover turkey, we make – mom will make one hell of a turkey soup. Ooh, tell that your so mom my, mine will do likewise. She'll take the yeah. bones. Mm-hmm. She really wants turkey noodle soup. She'll take the yep. bones and she'll boil them up to all that extra meat falls off the bones. And exactly. Onions and bell peppers and the turkey meat and mm-hmm. and noodle and egg noodles. Yeah, it is. So, so yeah, don't it give is me so stuff. Good. It's good. Tell me about it. Yep. Anyway, cheat day or nay? As a nation, we're conflicted about indulging. 59% of Americans agree that Thanksgiving is an excuse to eat things they would otherwise ban from their diet. However, 44% say they do everything in their power to try to find healthy options to eat at Thanksgiving dinner. Despite cauliflower being a popular alternative to potatoes and rice, Bertrand gives way to vice at Thanksgiving. When purchases of packaged mashed cauliflower and cauliflower rice take a 21% dip in the weeks leading up to Thanksgiving, according to Instacart, Instacart purchase data. Purchases of these cauliflower products pop back up by 33% as folks are inspired to get back on track after eating all the carbs. Hmm. <laughs> oh, brother. Here's a bad pun. I only have pies for you. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what they have here. I only have pies for you. of Americans eat pie on Thanksgiving, and while our survey results show that 21% of people secretly hate it but eat it anyway, pumpkin pie, 31%, also tops the list of favorite pies to eat on Thanksgiving, followed by apple pie and pecan pie, both with 18%. What is wrong with a good pecan pie? No, it's like it's part of the list of the favorites. But anyway, uh, the ranking is also confirmed by Instacart purchase data the week leading up to Thanksgiving. Of those who purchased pies the week ahead of Turkey Day, 46% were pumpkin pies, 28% were apple pies, and 10% were pecan pies. Now, store-bought or not, 14% of Americans admit to serving a store-bought pie and passing it off as homemade on Thanksgiving. Well, we... we, we um... If my mom has the time and the patience, she will make it from scratch. Mm-hmm. All right. And also, don't forget about Fido. 
Only 10% of Americans serve their pet turkey-flavored pet food on Thanksgiving. In fact, Instacart purchase data shows that Americans are purchasing 12% less turkey-flavored pet food the week leading up to Thanksgiving. All right, and then cheers to Thanksgiving. Raise a glass to the most popular celebratory sips. Among the 65% of Americans ages 21 and up who drink alcohol on Thanksgiving, 75% drink wine. Unsure which type of wine to bring to your host's house? Red is best. Of those who reported drinking on the holiday, 47% drink red wine. 39% drink white wine. 20%, bless you, 20% drink sparkling wine. 17% drink rose. And 7% drink orange wine. I didn't know they had orange wine. Surely that's pronounced rosé. Rosé? Even though it's spelled rose, it's pronounced rosé. Oh, thank you. All right. Appreciate the correction. 70% drink rosé and 7% drink orange wine. Hmm. Orange wine? Yeah, orange wine. I haven't either. But I'll tell you this much. I wish I I could do that knocking point wine club, but guess what? Alabama's not a state you can ship it to. I know. I think Arizona is one of the ones. Yeah. Well, anyway, the generation most likely to booze it up on Thanksgiving, you guessed it, millennials. 19% of millennials even admit that they have been too hungover on Thanksgiving to eat and or drink. <laughs> well, that's why now, you find a place to, to a place to crash. Yep. Anyway, this survey was conducted online with the United States within the United States by the Harris Poll on behalf of Instacart from October 17th through 21st of this year among 2,023 U.S. adults 18 and older, among whom 1,600 have ever hosted Thanksgiving dinner. This online survey is not based on a probability sample, and therefore no estimate of theoretical sampling error can be calculated. Uh, for complete survey methodology, including weighting variables and subgroup sample sizes, you might as well contact Instacart. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, what we like to make with our dinner also, if we have the time, is a fruit salad. Mm-hmm. We take coconut, fruit cocktail, bananas. Oh, what else do we put in it? Grapes, fresh grapes, mm-hmm. and you mix it all together with Cool Whip. Right. Doctor, uh, now I don't like the man, but Doctor Oz was doing this thing on um, the different types of whipped cream, can versus tub. Mm-hmm. And he showed a couple that. Um, a couple of the can, those like the Ready Whip. Uh-huh. One was coconut, and the other one I think was almond. Ah. Uh. Different alternatives to the um, toppings, to the topping that goes on your pie. Mhm. But um, it just depends, you know. Each family has their uh, their different traditions. Mhm. Okay. Now, yeah. if you think there's a debate about, if you think there's a debate about the food. Guess what? I found something. What's the right time to eat Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> I'm serious. Ooh, this, is actual, this is an actual article. This is from November 22nd last year. So this is actually not bad on timing. 
And there's Einstein in the chat room. Hello, Einstein. Oh, yes, Einstein, Saju, and Ashley are all in the chat room tonight. Hi, hi guys. How's it going? Okay. So let me put that in the... You know, right now we're talking about Thanksgiving in the United States. How mm-hmm. about Thanksgiving traditions in other countries? Well, I don't know if they celebrate Thanksgiving in other countries. I think because they have see, something yeah. similar to it in England. Why no? Well, I don't know. You see, Canada celebrated Thanksgiving last month. So. And they and and some countries might celebrate it differently than others. Exactly. We're so used to Thanksgiving, you know. But anyway. <laughs> Here's what's interesting. Readers weigh in on a surprisingly contentious topic, the correct time to start a Thanksgiving meal. (laughs) In the spirit of a holiday when people in claustrophobic proximity to their loved ones feel compelled to take stronger than usual positions on issues of even minuscule import, Joe Pinska wrote this week or last year, I have a conclusion to share. The correct time to eat Thanksgiving dinner is 4 p.m. Pinsker is right, although not necessarily about dinner time. Many do take stronger than usual positions on issues during Thanksgiving, and one such highly contentious issue is the question of when to eat dinner. Now, uh, it says on Tuesday. I don't know what I can't remember what day it is, so I'm just going to read this verbatim. Shan Wang asked readers of the Daily, the Atlantic's nightly newsletter, to weigh in. If you're participating in a family Thanksgiving or a friendsgiving this year, tell us when is the correct time to start dinner and why. Several readers responded to the newsletter call-out while others wrote to us separately. The earliest suggested time, noon. Eating dinner midday and Fitzpatrick from Albuquerque, New Mexico, argued, allows time to cook without spending all day at it, time for a walk afterwards or for the kids and families to play outside, and is early enough so young children and older folks who need a nap can get one. As for cleanup, do the dishes later. All right. For similar reasons, Jeanette Cook advocated for a 1.30 p.m. dinner. An early start time, she added, ensures that the cook only has to prepare one meal on Thursday because there will be leftovers for those few who want to foolishly eat again at 6 or 7 p.m. Bob Sassoon, who thinks if you're just starting your Thanksgiving prep at 9 a.m., you're doing it wrong, explained that eating dinner between 1 and 2 allows guests to get back on the road early, others who aren't eating with you to come over for coffee or dessert, and even time for you to visit someone else. If you're worried about it ruining lunch, he finished, this is not a day for the meals of lunch and dinner. It's the day for one big meal, and it's called Thanksgiving. Let's see. Well, here's a good one. My husband and I argued when we first when we were first together because he wanted to eat at 4, but I was hungry, Sue Wagner wrote. Now I have him trained to eat at a normal time, 1 p.m. But a handful of responders agree with Pinsker and Sue Wagner's husband that 4 p.m. is the right time to dig in. By the time you sleep in, Eat a big breakfast at 10 a.m., prepare, or if organized, heat up the side dish you have been instructed to bring, shower, dress, and head to the site of the feast, wrote Helen Shrees from Denver, Colorado. There is just enough time to help organize the dinner, drink a Bloody Mary, and watch the Lions play football before everyone is starving and dinner is served. (laughs) Here in Colorado, she added, some folks, not me, smoke a joint together in happy camaraderie at halftime and are really starving at 4 p.m. 
Shrivs touched on what for many is the day's most important tradition, football. Since 1934, one reader from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, reminded us, the Detroit Lions have played Thanksgiving football typically around 1 p.m. The game is at 4 p.m. Eastern time, and then Thanksgiving dinner commences. That is the true definition of tradition. That rationale worked for Therese Bellamy from Detroit as well. Unless the Lions game is still on and they have the chance to win, and despite the time difference, 4 p.m. seems to work well for football watchers on the West Coast, too, wrote one reader from Kensington, California, allowing them to have the meal between the second and third game on the tube. After all, there are three games now. They've got the the Detroit Lions has one. I believe the Dallas Cowboys has one. And there's one more. I forgot what it was. Uh, let's see. All readers agree that Thanksgiving is a time when rituals matter. This is my first Thanksgiving in my 66 years that I will not be at my mother's, said Kathy Default. All our traditions come from her. So dinner's at 2 p.m., then clean up, pie, and coffee at 5 p.m., then the rest, and sandwiches at 10 p.m. Mom is no longer with us, but we aren't changing anything. But for Anthony Lagalbo, only one person can really call the shots. The correct time to start Thanksgiving dinner is obvious, he wrote. When the person responsible for cooking the centerpiece of the event, the turkey or whatever, is ready to put it on the table. <laughs> Uh-huh. And what we do instead of putting it on the table, we'll cut mm-hmm. the turkey, we'll put the put the sweet potatoes, green bean casserole, fruit salad, dinner rolls, etc. on the counter. And everybody comes along like in a buffet and helps themselves. Mhm. And it makes it a lot eater eatier on the toast. Mhm. Oh, wow. Here's something interesting I just found. The Great Thanksgiving Turkey Debate from the New York Times. You ready for the date on this one? November 17th, 1982. Oh, crud. <laughs> and they actually have, you see, they were able to um, digitize the they digitized the page itself, but there was an actual article in here, so it's like... Man, that's cool. See what it was like back then. <laughs> Let's see. Sajo said, my Thanksgiving weekend is all about food, pro wrestling, birthdays, and Harry Potter. <laughs> because I believe Freeform has the Harry Potter movie weekend. <laughs> so. Here's a non-traditional dessert for Thanksgiving. No big banana split dessert. Ah. All right. I signed. You posted that. Yeah. Thank you for making my chops drool. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, this was written by Robert Farrar Capone, who happens to be an Episcopal theologian, author, and writer. (laughs) So this is what he wrote. Thanksgiving dinner, for all its inevitability in the American home, is by no means an undebatable item. On the favorable hand, it is the only nationwide festival we have that still involves honest and considerable sit-down eating. While on the unfavorable one, serious fault can be found with what is actually eaten. Consider, then, this annual pre-Thanksgiving kitchen discourse. Yes, but, the palate objected, kindly do not interrupt when your betters are speaking, the mind replied. Thanksgiving is the perfect holiday, superior to all other federally finagled four-day weekends. Jay Lincoln's non-birthday, for example, and the unmemorable Memorial Day weekend are more vacancies in time. Whatever corporate observances they once involved have been subs- 
subsumed into a distracted indulgence in purely personal enthusiasms. A nation of people doing their own things can hardly pretend to have a national observance of any one thing. Thanksgiving, by contrast, has not only a common theme, but a common ritual as well. Yes, however, however, me no however's either. That's what he wrote. Thanksgiving is even is better than even the Hanukkah, Christmas, Passover, or Easter. Those festivities, while they involve unifying activities, are enjoyable chiefly in anticipation. The feasts themselves are letdowns. Advent, for instance, is fun. It has in Christmas a future that brightens each dark December day. When December 25th finally rolls around, it is simply a present with no future whatsoever to look forward to. Thanksgiving, however, has Advent, Hanukkah, and Christmas waiting to burst in the minute the dishwasher is loaded. Therefore, Thanksgiving is the best of all possible holidays. Yes, nevertheless, what is this cavil that is wrinkling on your tongue? If this holiday is really all that great, how come everybody eats turkey? What's wrong with turkey? What's right with it? The only thing worse is crow. I find turkey perfectly acceptable. Benjamin Franklin actually wanted to make it the national bird. Remember? That's true. Do you question the judgment of the mind that discovered electricity? (laughs) Turkey may be a bright idea to a mind, but to a palate, it's a dim bulb. Thanksgiving is indeed the nearest thing we have to a national liturgy. From sea to shining sea, it calls for the grand harmony of groaning boards. Mashed potatoes overflow everywhere with gravy. Turnips abound. Buttered parsnips do more for mouths than fine words. And kale, Swiss chard, red cabbage and onions, plus two stuffings, three kinds of cranberry sauce, and a minimum of four pies all join their contrapuntal voices to the song. Boy, I never heard that word before. Let's see. Yet what must we think of the nation I don't know. I have to look that up. Contrapuntal. Let me look that up real quick. Contrapuntal definition. Uh, of or in counterpoint. Or it's a piece of music uh, with two or more independent melodic lines. I think in this case we counterpoint. <laughs> but anyway, yet what, yet what must we think of a nation that as the central motif of this Gustatory Concerto insists upon a bird that has a name used chiefly as an insult, a bird that, when finally released from its dim-witted existence, is uncookable, uncarvable, and inedible. Is not some nationwide liturgical renewal in order? Should we not at least do penance for this gastronomical cardinal's skin? Ah, Ah, but, you say, turkey can be roasted so that all of its parts are properly done. It can be carved without undue incident, and it is, after all, eaten, often in vast quantities. Is that not proof enough of its acceptability? No. Reconsider your points in order. Turkey can be cooked properly. Of course it can, but by the same token, so can tissue paper be hem-stitched. The question to be asked in both cases is, is the original material worth the effort? Do the benefits warrant the cost? Specifically, does the taste of a turkey in any way repay the jockeying, pulling, and hauling required to roast it in four different positions of recumbency on both sides, upside down and right side up? It does not. Turkey can be carved without incident. If you are referring to a turkey roasted for the express purpose of being photographed while being carved, you are, of course, right. But then, photographers are careful to show you only one or two moist slices of breast of meat falling neatly from the knife. In real life, such a bird would most likely have leg meat the consistency of a rubber duck. And if perchance the thighs were done to tender, well-cooked perfection, even the best carver in the world would be hard put, hard put to keep the breast from looking as if it had been kicked apart with a combat boot. <laughs> Turkeys are, in fact, eaten. So, too, are diner pies, factory donuts, and canned spaghetti. End of rebuttal. On to renewal. If not turkey, then what? 
It would probably be unseemly for the for the author of this piece to manifest more than passing enthusiasm for a capon. So let that possibility be mentioned only for the record. There is, of course, duck, or better said, ducks. One duck, though delicious, doth not a Thanksgiving dinner make. There is also goose, but even Bob Cratchit's glorious bird goes hardly once around a long table. And admittedly, there are game birds. But now we have abandoned all semblance of a unifying nationwide liturgy and entered the solemn high but sectarian rites of the gun club. What then? Why roast chicken? In this country, we are blessed not only with mountain majesties and fruited plains, but also with excellent seven or eight pound roasters as well, with generous birds that have at least an American's chance of turning out evenly cooked. Two of them will serve all but a horde. They will not only fit into the oven, but also provide a moist and proper home for the obligatory two stuffings. Gone will be the days of the second stuffing in the bread pan, either dried out or swimming in fat. Gone the Hobson's choice between desiccated breast and blood rare thigh. Gone the soul's destroying insincerity by which each year's unvarying disappointment is proclaimed the best turkey ever. Gone, in short, everything that should never have come in the first place. Accordingly, since it is far harder to roast a chicken badly than to do a turkey well, here is one of the few lists of Thanksgiving recipes whose centerpiece is not a lesson on how to teach acrobatics to a bird. It consists simply of some fresh suggestions off the too often on the too often neglected subject of the trimmings that actually make up most of the meal. There are seven ideas for stuffings, nine for vegetables, and, if, and as if anyone needed them, even a couple of devices on desserts. There is not a word here, though, about apple pie. That subject is a trap into which no worry food writers could fall. Even if, as a people, we have erred in our choice of the main course for Thanksgiving dinner, we have always ended the meal with the pie that then, which is nothing more American and for which every red-blooded citizen has the best recipe ever. Let's see, there's oysters, stuffing... I'm not going to read that recipe because there's not enough time. <laughs> In fact, I think the rest of this is nothing but recipes. I mean, you can look at it. I'm not going to go through it because that would take far too long. <laughs> so... But yeah, that's how it was like in 1982. <laughs> it's kind of pretty cool. It's kind of pretty cool when you see the when you go back to the past a little bit. See what it was like. All right, let's see. All right. Well, let's see. Okay, can we get this thing out of here? There we go. All right. Let's see. Um, all right. Here's something weird from last year. Uh, Seldom debate once and for all which Thanksgiving food is best. And believe it or not, this is courtesy of E! Entertainment News. You would never think that would be a source, but guess what? Uh, it's on USA Network. Oh, yeah, Harry Potter. Harry Potter's on USA Network now. Hmm. Oh, well, they had wrestling on earlier, so. Oh, use me. Sorry. Hurry out. <laughs> All right, so let's settle this. All right, so. Okay, Thanksgiving, a.k.a. the day we all happily stuff our faces with delicious food. And by the way, this was written by Sam Howell last year. 
It's so easy to get excited all over all the incredible options of mouth-watering morsels available on the big day. Just think of the stuffing, the potatoes, the veggies, the pies, and of course, the turkey. So many delicious dishes whipped up each year. Everyone has become very divided over which festive food is actually the best one. Trust us, the opinions are passionate ones. Some people feel as though the main dish, that beautiful golden turkey, is the rightful star of the show. Others believe it's actually the science that steals the spotlight, and diving deep into which one reigns superior always sparks quite a heated debate. Then there are the folks who fully embrace the expression, save the best for last, citing dessert as the highlight of the evening. Plus, even though it is more of a sauce than a food itself, there are plenty of people out there who feel the gravy deserves Thanksgiving food's highest honor. While we admire everyone's passion for this sensitive subject, we simply can't take the fighting anymore. So please, we beg you, help us finally settle this foodie debate. We need to know, once and for all, which food, whether it's a side, a dessert, a main course, or just the gravy, is objectively superior to all the others. It may hurt our souls to have to pick just one, but desperate times call for desperate measures. And let's see. All right, so. Oh, wow. All right, so here's your question. Which Thanksgiving food to you is best? Here are your options. Now, there's a lot here. White meat turkey. Dark meat turkey. That one's my fa- one of my favorites. Canned cranberry sauce. No. Fresh cranberry sauce. Yeah. Stuffing. Yeah. Mashed potatoes. I've never had it associated with Thanksgiving for me. Sweet potatoes. Definitely. Macaroni and cheese. Uh, don't know. Uh, let's see. Green bean casserole. Baked ham. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Creamed corn. Cornbread. Applesauce, apple pie, pumpkin pie, chocolate pie, pecan pie, brown gravy, white gravy, dinner rolls, and carrots. I can only choose one. I'm going to go with dark meat turkey. (laughs) So let's see. Who actually... All right. Uh... All right, which Thanksgiving was that? Here's here's what I got. Light meat turkey, 10.9%. Dark meat turkey, 3.8%. Cran... Cran... Can, yeah, cran canberry sauce. <laughs> oh, my. I like some cran canberry sauce. Yeah. All right, Janet? Hey, Janet. Would you like to have... Would you like to have that at the same time as we're having a barbecue... That's barbecue. A hey. No. Carbecue. I know of people. No, a barbecue. A barbecue. A barbecue. Yeah. yeah you especially the long haul truckers will take their food packets, put it on the, wrap it up real good in tin foil, and lay it on the carb under the hood, and mm-hmm. cook it that way. That's I've heard true. I've food before. Yeah. Well, let's see. Well, you see, what happened was I was trying to say canned cranberry sauce. I ended up saying cranned canberry sauce. <laughs> Just, uh, you, you must have had a hard time getting out of the shout tonight, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> That's a joke between me and Shirley that goes back years. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, canned cranberry sauce, 2.2%. Fresh cranberry sauce, 1.1%. It looks like stuffing is the winner at 36.4%. Mashed potatoes, 11.4%. Sweet potatoes, only 3.3%. Macaroni and cheese, 7.6%. Green bean casserole, 54 Baked ham, 38 Ooh, 
All these got nothing. Brussels sprouts, cream, corn, cornbread, and applesauce. Apple pie, 3.8. Pumpkin pie, 5.4. Chocolate pie, zilch. Uh, pecan pie and brown gavy. Uh, brown gavy? <laughs> oh, God. I'm tired. Okay. Pecan and pie and brown outside. gravy, 1.6% each. White gravy, nothing. Dinner rolls, 1.6%. And carrots, nothing. Well, you want to know what we do for dressing? Well, my mom was a lot younger. She used to get up, bake the cornbread, boil the neck and stuff, and make the dressing by scratch. Now we cheat Mm -hmm. for two or three boxes of stovetop. Ah. And you know what? It tastes just like you took hours to make it. There goes the rain again. Hear it? Yep. There goes the rain again. Something on my head. You're tripping over raindrops keep falling. Is that what you're trying to sing? Raindrops keep falling no. on my head. No, I was trying to do the Eurythmic song. Um, <laughs> falling Shade on my head like a memory. Who am I to disagree? <laughs> I my case the is, world here come- and the feta cheese. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I, let's see. The song should be going. Here comes the rain again, falling on my head like a memory. I got it now. Ugh. Oh my! As long as it, the lightning oh, doesn't yeah. come up in the middle of the night like it did last night. I hate that so much. I try to sleep. The heavy rain actually wakes me up. Well, but, this would be waking you with up in your head. Mm-hmm. But you know. I know that each family has their own traditions, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if we were invited to go over to somebody's house for Thanksgiving, be grateful enough to eat what they made because they went through the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, found another really interesting one here. All right, uh, no thanks. I don't like this pop-ups. Okay, I uh, found something. It looks like that's from is that 2010 or 2018. I can't read that. Let's see. It's 2018. Okay, I was having trouble reading that because that font kind of fools me. All right, found a story at Wired.com. The Thanksgiving food fight. Food fight. Food fight. Food fight. <laughs> Yep. But it's not it's not as bad as it's not as crazy as it sounds. <laughs> and this will probably finish hey, off the yeah. show too. All right. So anyway, um turkey or sides giving, dressing or stuffing, sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie. There are much better things to argue about this weekend than politics. I'd agree with that cuz I'm so tired of that doggone Korea anyway. <laughs> of all well, the arguments I'm tired of had, the, my folks are getting a little bit pissed off with the Impeachment hearings preempting prices right. Yeah. Well at least well at least at least it didn't go on all day long because wanna bet I don't know if it... wanna bet? No, they I don't know. I I went to channel five at one in the afternoon and it was still going on. Let me put you this way. Oh, yeah. Over at the Fo- let me put you this way. At the Fox News Network it didn't until after seven Eastern. I no, I'm sorry, it was eight Eastern. But anyway, Let's get to this. Let's get back to this. 
Of the, all the arguments that get had at Thanksgiving dinners, there are very few arguments about Thanksgiving dinners, which is to say people really argue about what should be present at the meal itself. Sure, no one really wants Aunt Gladys's string bean casserole, but no one tells her not to bring it. The spread stays pretty standard from year to year. Or does it? Depending on where you grew up and what your family's or community's food allegiances were, you might have slightly different ideas about what the perfect Thanksgiving dinner entrails, entails, or at least what the people at Wired do. During a routine Slack conversation, we, dis- we discovered that many of us disagree vehemently about what's necessary on Turkey Day. In an attempt to turn that fight into content, they recreated it below, so enjoy. Uh, round one, canned cranberry sauce or no? Angela Watercutter says, this one's easy. Canned. No one eats that crap anyway. Alexis Sobel-Fitz says, uh, whoa, Angela, throwing shade from the start. I'm all for the canned cranberry sauce for nostalgia alone. But you can't discount its importance. Cranberry sauce is crucial. It's the only real acidic element on the table, which we all know makes the meal. That sharp and sweet little kick draped over the assortment of buttery carbs. Also, it's the easiest make-ahead item. Maple syrup, cranberries, orange zest, done. Uh, Watercutter... Hey, I come out swinging, though I will admit cranberry sauce is a weird thing to have a strong opinion on. Andrea Valdez says, I want to like it. I've tried to like it, but any cranberry sauce, canned or slavishly homemade, just doesn't belong on my Thanksgiving plate. Sweets belong at the end, but Alexis, you do have a point that there is a scientific necessity to include acidity to offset the the richness of so many of Thanksgiving's sides. For me, I add pickled jalapenos to everything. Let's see. Peter Rubin says, Andrea, it took me decades before I came around to cranberry sauce, and I'm not going back now. I'm afraid Alexis is incorrect, though. Canned is the only conceivable corruption, not because it's delicious, but because its texture, while uncannily gelatinous, is far preferable to the disquieting glop of uncanned cranberry sauce. I think it might be officially known as fresh, which is an offense to both freshness and quotation marks. Take that mess back to the bog. Emily Dreyfus says... Emily Dreyfus says, whoa, wow, I'm so sorry about how wrong you all are. Cran- can't, I'm about to say it again. Canned cranberry sauce is fine for children. And stewed cranberry is also fine. But the best version is no-cooked cranberry sauce. Take cranberries, orange with the rind, some sugar, and blend in a food processor until you get a crunchy, slaw-like side. It's sweet and sour and perfect and brings the whole meal together. Well, I've never, no, that's an easy way to make cranberry sauce. Yeah. Although my mom has been making this cranberry sauce for quite a while. Right. And that's fine. All right, on to round two. Mashed potatoes or potato casserole? We start with water cutter. I'm going to be the pro-carb advocate here and say both. I love mashed potatoes, especially with whatever gravy can be made from the turkey. But my favorite dish to make is my mom's cheesy potato casserole. Hashtag I'm from the Midwest. Since I would never suggest someone not have mashed potatoes, I usually offer to bring a second potato option, just for variety. In my world, variety and gluttony mean the same thing. (laughs) Sobelfist says, not going to argue with extra potatoes. Valdez says, scalloped potatoes are only occasionally great. Too often, the enterprising cook that takes this dish on fails to slice the potatoes thin enough to allow them to cook throughout, or they undercook the casserole, resulting in that sludgy cheese curd mess and undercooked potatoes. Mashers are a sure thing. Reuben goes, I'd like you all to meet a man who grew up in a casserole-free home in the Midwest. Please, let's save the Q&A for after the holiday. For that reason alone, I would side with mashed, prefer 
preferably made with a ricer, not the Stone Age cudgel known as a masher. But I cannot condone the atrocity of a starch binary. Where are the yams, people? <laughs> well, you know what uh, you say. The the one guy said it took him a while to come around to the cranberry sauce. Yeah. I had a problem with sweet potatoes. Mainly because I was given Gerber's baby food sweet potatoes when I was little. Mm-hmm. What went in went out of my mouth real quick. And Which I understand. It took me a long time, but I got it. My my mom said, try a yam or sweet mm-hmm. potato. And I go, okay. So I tried it with a little bit of butter and, excuse me. If it's cooked right and cooked long enough, it has mm-hmm. a perfect consist- soft consistency of a regular potato, and God, it's good. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, here's round three. Yams. <laughs> Water cutter. Actually, I think Peter is the only one who gives a flip about yams. They're D-list Thanksgiving celebs in my book. Rivers goes, yams are baby food. Reuben goes, yams were the spiritual center of ASAP mob, and his namesakes are the spiritual center of the Thanksgiving plate, especially if you're nixing the cranberry sauce. Their sweetness is a crucial component to any all-in-one bite of food. I stand by my yams. Water, water cutter goes, conceded. <laughs> As in C-O-N-C-E-D-E-D, conceded. In other words, he, he didn't want to argue the issue anymore. <laughs> right, uh-huh. Round four, cornbread, regular bread, or rolls? Water cutter, although I love cornbread, i got to go with rolls here. Who doesn't love a buttery roll? Come on. Dreyfus, preferably Hawaiian sweet rolls. Subble fits, cornbread belongs in stuffing. Regular bread belongs in sad workday lunch sandwiches. Rolls belong at Thanksgiving. You know what? What? If you do not get those rolls early, you cannot get them. Mm Mm-mm. You gotta get them when you see them. I know. Let's see. Uh, Valdez says hard to argue. Uh huh. Valdez says hard to argue with that. Alexis. Ruben goes regular bread. How did that get in there? We can see the cornbread fight for later, Alexis. <laughs> anyway, round four. Oh dressing, dressing or stuffing? Sobel fits. Is this a real question? But while we're here, a few important things about stuffing. One, it's crunchy pliable, fatty stuffing that signals Thanksgiving, not the stupid dry turkey. It's the most important thing on the table, and please treat it as such. Two, stuffing dressing goes in a separate tray, not in a bird or a pumpkin or some other appendage that'll cause it to get soggy and limp and ruined. Three, I speak for all vegetarians when I say we look forward to stuffing all year, so please don't stick sausage or bacon or some other unnecessary component in yours. And four, the only appropriate way to make stuffing is with a 50-50 mix of cornbread for richness and a loaf bread like baguette or sourdough for body and texture. <laughs> Dreyfus, you're wise, Alexis. And the thing about stuffing is that it's everyone's favorite, so make a lot. My favorite Thanksgivings are when we have at least three different stuffing options, none of which have been jammed inside an animal cavity. Water cutter. I grew up thinking stuffing and dressing were the same thing. To be honest, that said, I think the option I usually stand for is stuffing. Valdez, okay, going on a limb here. Cornbread dressing with pork shoulder all stuffed inside Tom Turkey. I know scientifically this is a terrible way to cook a turkey, but there is something absolutely barbaric about the tradition that I love. As for putting meat in my dressing, which I suppose is technically stuffing the way my family cooks it, there are no vegetarians in my family, so it's never been an issue. One thing I will not abide, apples in the dressing. 
Let's see. Oh. I don't, you're talking to someone who does not like pineapple on a ham, so I don't think I'd mm. like apple dressing. Right. Reuben, I don't think I've ever seen so much wrongness in one place. Alexis should get partial credit for both recognizing stuffing's greatness and insisting on cooking it separately. Andrea, enjoy your sad, uncrusted porky petri dish of a side. <laughs> Angela, I still don't know what dressing is, but here's how you make stuffing. First, you just make actual cornbread, which is the stuff of God's and shall never be demoted to a mere ingredient, and you set it aside to be eaten with copious smears of butter. Second, you embrace the world of processed foods by using one bag of seasoned bread cubes and one bag of unseasoned bread cubes just to calibrate the commercial onion powder tang. Third, you <laughs> you include both chicken broth and turkey sausage. Sorry, Alexis, I know. In order to justify treating leftover stuffing as a well-rounded meal for the next few days. Celery's still a vegetable, right? Let's see, water cutter. Fun fact, back when Wired had a how-to section, I wrote a piece on how to make a turducken. It was delicious, if a bit salty, and made for great day two sandwiches. I share this because I think Alexis would be horrified. Also, cel- uh, celery is a vegetable in... It's a duck. <coughs> How does that go? A, tur- a chicken. A- I think it's a duck within a chicken within a turkey. Right. All right. Anyway, also celery is a vegetable in so much as no other food group has stepped forward to claim it. Lily Hay Newman steps in. I don't know where to put this, but turkey is bad. It's just gross. Don't make turkey for Thanksgiving. I'll see myself out now. Uh, Valdez, Lily, what about Cornish game hen? Quail, duck, dare I say it, squab? Or is it all ahem, foul to you? Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Izzy Lepowski, counterpoint. I buy turkey all year long, even when it's not Thanksgiving, because I love it that much. Watercutter, I think Lily is wrong, but her comment does remind me of one of the thing. If you don't want to make turkey, just don't. Order pizza or something. Tofurky is not an option, and if you're not going to have the traditional centerpiece dish, what are you even doing? Ham doesn't count either. Uh, let's see. Dreyfus. Well, you Turkey want to know wasn't... something? What? A lot of these people are forgetting Thanksgiving is a time for family. Well, remember, they're talking about the side dishes. Uh-huh. Okay, so... Let's see. Drivers. Turkey wasn't present at the first Thanksgiving. The main pre- the main protein on the table was eels, wriggly, slimy, life-sustaining river eels, which Native Americans fished out of the mud and served the desperate pilgrims. So if you hate turkey, don't worry about it. It's not historically accurate anyway. I personally agree with Issy, though, and think turkey is a perfect food. My hunch is that if you hate turkey, it's because you're uh, cooking it wrong. But to be truly be in the spirit of Thanksgiving... You don't need a turkey. You need an eel or some equally delicious and nutritious wild protein. Pizza doesn't really count. Reuben, I'm not necessarily anti-turkey, and I've gently had a pizza Thanksgiving, but I think we can all agree Thanksgiving is about the sides. So even if it's not turkey, I'd argue for making something that at least supports the rest of the plate, or don't, or di- and just make it sides-giving. Secret benefit, more room for pie, but let me not get ahead of myself. And last but not least, round five, sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie. Water cutter, pumpkin, fight me. Subble fits. Isn't that the answer to all things both? Valdez, pumpkin, especially if you have the patience to use the actual fruit, not the stuff from a can. It's certainly more laborious, but when you pit real pumpkin against sweet potato, which is typically made with those actual root vegetables, the race gets much closer. 
Reuben, Andrea, I agree that pumpkin pie filling has no place in a house of love. However, there's no need to sully the reputation of actual canned pumpkin like 100% pumpkin. It's perfect for pie, and that's just science. I hate choosing here because I love both. But now that I've clearly changed everyone's mind and single-handedly canonized yams, right, right? The sweet potato family is well represented in the meal. So the Sophie's Choice answer is pumpkin, but only as a pie, not as a latte. And that's the end. (laughs) Yeah. There was one side dish that was not mentioned. Deviled eggs. Hmm. Everybody likes mine. So I usually am designated to make the deviled eggs. Yeah. Have you ever eaten them, Tim? Deviled eggs? Yes, I have. Yeah. Well, ours is made with, obviously, eggs, a little bit of mustard, Mm-hmm. Pickle relish and mayonnaise. Yeah, I had deviled eggs. It's pretty good. Uh huh. Can't have them now, though. That's yeah. It just depends on some of the ingredients. I actually can have. I can have eggs. Just have to be careful what ingredients are in the deviled eggs. That's all. You can't have mayonnaise. No, I couldn't. But. Anyway, we did it with about three minutes left. Not bad at all. Yay! Not bad right. at all. And on behalf well, you of know what? Food Fast Nations, oh. we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Come on, come on, come on, Who was the applause yes, for, Shirley? Oh, um, you know, wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving and the gobble, gobble, gobble. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. my. You know what? <laughs> It depends My on the family. My colleagues have gone turkey. Yep. Yeah. It depends on the family. You know. Yep. Mhm. You know, it's like you have a family that likes turkey. If you want ham for Thanksgiving, you have ham for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Exactly. It's like um, for uh, for you see, we're doing our Thanksgiving lunch tomorrow at work because we don't know how many people are going to be gone all of next week. But, um, you know, this is going to be our Thanksgiving here because Thanksgiving Day is going to be mom and me. Everybody else will be out of town. So so that's no big deal. But anyway, but anyway, um, don't forget, tomorrow night is the Thursday free-for-all, and Friday is the All Out Review and Naughty Mad Lib show, 90 minutes long because we do not have any live shows next week. Yay. Yeah, 90 minutes. So we'll definitely be enjoying that night for sure. But anyway, um, all right, but listen, here's the course of reminder. Please remember to follow us on Facebook. We have our Facebook group page. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle there is BTA underscore TIP. And follow us at our website, beyondtheairwaves.weebly.com. If you ever miss an episode, because let's face it, life happens, there are three ways you can catch up. First, there's the Stitcher.com app, which is available on iTunes, Google uh-huh, Play, uh-huh, and the Amazon uh-huh. Kindle store. Second, you can listen to or download full episodes of the show from blogtalkradio.com. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and finally, uh-huh. you can find <laughs> And finally, you can oh find my. us on iTunes. Just do a search uh-huh, of the podcast uh-huh. on the airwaves. <laughs> oh my. God, I love this. <laughs> Just do a search on the podcast on the airwaves and you will find many of our episodes there. Uh-huh. 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 That's it. <laughs> All right, so with that in mind, I'm going to say love, peace, and...
turkey grease. <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. Oh, shit. Why did I start? I don't know. But anyway, I'm going to say love, peace, and turkey grease. Everybody have a great night. Sleep well, stay safe, and we'll see you tomorrow for the Thursday free-for-all. Everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And remember, enjoy. And also remember, that trip fan will knock you out. (laughs) Enjoy the food and the company. I am a pet. You suffering, thank you. Shut up. All right, that is all for tonight. Have a great night, and remember... You... I almost had him. I had him. I almost had him. (laughs) You stuttering prick, you. Shut up! Shut up! No. And we also have this one. I'm Chris. Mm-hmm. I'm Chris. Come back here, you Uh little shit. Uh I'm Chris. Come back here, you little shit. And I think I'm going to wrap it up with this one. (laughs) Clap on... All right. That is all for tonight. We will see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Jana. Jana. Buenas noches, mis amigos. <laughs> <laughs>